Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 478 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is September 27, 2023, and the Padres, they're still alive, baby. Postseason hope, still alive. Oh, yeah. Postseason bound. It's happening, baby. They're turning it around. They're going to win the rest of their games. The Cubs are going to lose the rest of their games. D-backs and Reds are going to suck. Oh, yeah. All back on the train because they have won an extra inning game. Just kidding. The the won the extra inning game part. Yes, that is factual. Yes, they have won an extra inning game. Uh, but I mean, this is just like, can we just get this over with? I mean, they keep stretching this thing out. By the way, if you're under a rock or you weren't watching the game tonight, I know there's like a cold play concert going on at Snapdragon. Maybe you didn't know what happened in this game. Padres, they beat the Giants. They win in extra innings. Shocker, right? Five to two. They scored three runs there in the 10th inning. Low scoring game, pretty well pitched game. And then the Padres, Sander Bogarts. You got to shout out Brett Sullivan first. Brett Sullivan, he ends up moving the runner over to third base. Bogey has the sack fly. Then Tatis ends up getting on base because there's a bad throw by the shortstop. 
threw that ball to like Oakland. Um, well, I don't know the the directions there in the Bay Area. Maybe that's not the right uh, exaggeration, but you get my point. Terrible throw by the young shortstop by the Giants from the Giants, and Tatis ends up getting to second, and then Manny comes up, right? Or no, Soto was Soto got Soto was intentionally walked, I believe. I'm just doing this all from memory, so I apologize if I get a detail wrong here. But Soto, he goes to first base. Then, terrible throw by the catcher. Great pick. Amazing pick. Decides to throw it to second base. Bad throw. Second and third. Manny's up. First base is open. Guy gets behind in the count. Continues to pitch to Manny. And Manny ends up driving those two runs in. Padres, they win. 5-2. Josh Hader pitches in this game. Good for him that he was able to uh, get in this ball game and pitch an inning. Hopefully, he's not going to be out for the next few games here. Maybe he will be because that's just how Josh Hader is. Actually, I'd kind of be happy if we don't see Josh Hader again, but uh, he'll probably pitch because he's like, we're in the playoff race now. We're back in it, so I'm going to actually pitch now. That's just how he is. Um, but yeah, he pitches. Matt Waldron kept the Padres in this game. He goes. What, six innings, two runs, five hits. Gave up a home run, but that's going to happen. He's a knuckleball pitcher. He's going to give up a home run. Um, and the Padres, they win this game. Garrett Cooper has a home run. That was cool. Uh, and the Padres now, for those that are believing now, I know I think a lot of people, including my guy John Schaefer, you know, Jim Russell obviously hates this because he's on my side of things. Like, this is definitely over. And John, John's on our side as well. He's just, you know, He's just poking Jim. Um, but uh, yeah, for the believers, the actual believers, here's the playoff situation here. The Padres, they're three and a half games back right now of the Cubs and the Marlins for the final wild card spot. Cincinnati, a game and a half back. So the Padres, Giants are already eliminated. The Padres eliminated the Giants in the first game of this series. Or no, last night, I think, is when the Giants got eliminated. Whatever, who cares? Uh, Padres, though, three and a half games back. They got to win out. Cubs got to lose out. And I don't know about the other teams there. I think Cincinnati has to go win like one game the rest of the way. And I think Miami has to probably lose out as well. Not 100% sure on that. I think the Padres have a tiebreaker somewhere. But I'm still on the, the side that they're not making the postseason, obviously. And I think that's where pretty much everyone is, including some players in that clubhouse, obviously, including... Josh Hader, at least as recently as this week, this series against the Giants. So it's not going to happen, but I think it's okay for more people to be talking about it because we're closer and closer. The Padres, they're going to be going into this off day now, uh, still alive technically in this playoff race. So Josh Hader, hey man, rest up because you're going to be used there in Chicago, right? Or you're going to be ready to be used because you're in the playoff race still. Um. Yeah, those comments still piss me off, if you can't tell. Um, I do also want to point out here, real quick, and there's obviously a lot to talk about with the Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller relationship and the, the article that came out from Kevin Acey in the Union Tribune. Right before this Padres-Giants game really got underway, probably a couple hours before. Uh, but with Bob Melvin, do want to point out, I think it's a valid thing to point out here, with his job status kind of up in the air here, what happened under Andy Green? The Padres quit. What happened under Jace Tingler? The Padres quit. And I'm talking about like results-wise. Gave up on the manager. 
Sure, there's quotes this year about the team quitting and not wanting it as bad enough as some other teams that they have played. But I'm talking about on the feet, like results wise, quitting. Guys just not showing up. You could say that about Josh Hader, but he's still on the roster. He's still pitching. Uh, Manny Machado should probably already have had surgery. That's my viewpoint on it, but he is still playing. Juan Soto playing every game. Tatis would be playing every game if he could. Padres gave him an off day in Houston, I believe, that Sunday game. That's why he hasn't played in every game uh, that he's been available to after the suspension. These guys would be playing every day. They're continuing to play. They're continuing to fight. I'm not going to use the B word, the Jace Tingler B word. If you know, you know. Uh, but they're continuing to fight. And that's not something that we could say about those teams under Andy Green, right? Will Myers in September, dude. We're doing relays in September, dude. To Swahe on Fortnite. That was memorable. Uh, 2021, obviously, the athletic article comes out and, you know, guys in the clubhouse had pretty much quit on Jace Tingler. Uh, that was pretty much well-known. They, like, barely won any games. Uh, you had Jake Arrieta faking hamstring injuries and going out and playing golf the next day at Torrey Pines or whatever it was. I think that's what happened in 2021. Well, it was a dumpster fire there. That's not happening this year under Bob Melvin, so I want just I want that to be noted because I think that is worthy to note. It is valid to note. It's important for the Padres to stash in their memory bank before they make a decision here, uh, probably on Monday, maybe not on Monday, but I think that's when this meeting is going to be happening, and I'm going to hit on that here in a little bit, so stay tuned for that. But it is something to note. You know, the Padres, they're still in it here late in the year with Bob Melvin leading the team, and you couldn't say the same thing about those uh, Andy Green and Jace Tinkler teams. I know those teams were not as talented, but they quit on those guys. They're not quitting on Bob Melvin. So, Padres win today. Yesterday, I'm just going to go through this series here a little quickly. Um, there, there's going to be maybe some topics I'll hit on a little bit more. I will get to the comments, the questions in the chat. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Um, and you can come on the show, give your thoughts. Just a reminder here, code TALKINGFRIARS, $20 off your SeatGeek order. And BreakingT.com, click the link in the description. Great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, Foco. Click the link in the description there as well for some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Um, Tuesday, Padres won four to nothing. That would be yesterday. Soto, two home runs, 34th and 35th home runs on the year. Career high in home runs. Top 10 MVP votes I would see coming for Juan Soto, even though he is on a team that's not going to be in the postseason. And this is a year from Juan Soto that I don't think is going to be talked about very much because of where the Padres finished. And it probably shouldn't be talked about very much because the main goal for this Padres team was obviously to make the postseason, go win the World Series, and that's not going to happen. Um, and so the main focus should be how can the Padres get better, how much a failure of this 2023 season it was. And if you want to focus on the struggles of Juan Soto at the beginning of the year, I think in August he wasn't good. You can focus on that. Not going to blame you for that. But when you look at overall Juan Soto 2023, his season, and this is baseball reference, and it would be great if they would update you know, their stats like right now, uh, but these, they don't do that. These are the stats through yesterday. Um, over five war player, 
35 home runs, again, career high, OPS plus 59% above league average. His OPS is 935, slugging's 524, uh, over 100 runs driven in. It's a pretty good year. Now, I, I think I'm on the side that think that this is a, a down year still for Juan Soto, a little bit of a disappointing season for Juan Soto, uh, because I've watched every game this season for the Padres, and I've seen Juan Soto. I did a breakdown earlier this season, way earlier this season. When Juan Soto was struggling. So I'm not going to sit here and say everything was fine. This was an amazing year for Juan Soto. Um, Juan Soto has just been really good in September. And he gets on base, you know, with walks. Still leads, I think, Major League Baseball in walks, which shouldn't be surprising. Um, he is. He just finds other ways to compensate for maybe not having his best consistent season, if that makes sense, by going on these super hot streaks. Uh, during this season. Uh, but I do want to recognize, like, numbers-wise, at the end of this season, it's probably not going to look that bad. Probably not. Now, if you dive deeper, you're going to criticize some things. But overall, it's not going to look that bad. Um, and as for 2024, those are, you know, those that have listened, that have watched this show, they already know my thoughts on Juan Soto. And I'm sure we're going to have, in fact, we will have this discussion more in the offseason because it's going to come up. Juan Soto, should the Padres keep him? Can they afford to keep him? I mean, if we're having, even having that discussion, like can the Padres afford to keep Juan Soto and pay him $30 million for 2024, then we shouldn't even be having that discussion about an extension because if they can't afford him for 2024, then why would they be able to afford him $500 million for the next 15 years? You know. Um, so, yeah, I, I for me, it's like you traded all that for Juan Soto you got to give Juan Soto 2024 season on the Padres a try. In a walk year, he's probably going to have an amazing season. Don't you want it to be in a Padres uniform? And you hope that the other guys around him, the supporting cast, will not be as bad as they were this season. And I'm not even just talking about supporting cast, but the other big guys, you hope that they're not going to be as bad as they were in 2023, right? And I think that it's okay for us to... Uh, Assume that they will not be as bad as they were in 2023, uh, that they will be closer to meeting expectations in 2024. And this Padres team hopefully will be more in the postseason picture. They will actually be like cemented in a playoff spot this time next year. Uh, and Juan Soto will still be on the Padres and they can make a long postseason run and go win that World Series. And then who freaking cares if Juan Soto is still on this team because they won the World Series, right? That's down the road. Uh, but, you know, those two home runs yesterday obviously got me thinking like, man, Juan Soto, look at it overall his year. It's not going to look that bad, I don't think, at the end of the season, but there's still going to be people critical of him. And I'll probably one of I'll probably be one of those guys that is critical of Juan Soto because I watched every game. Like I said a few moments ago, I've watched every game and there, you know, there were times this year where it's like, man, he is really struggling. He's not himself at the plate. He's not doing that amazingly well on defense. I don't think he's been terrible this year on defense, but it's like, oh, okay, uh, not great. So, yeah, there's there's definitely, like every player, most every player, except if you're like Shohei Otani or Ronald Acuna Jr. this year, uh, there's there's some things that you can criticize. Seth Lugo last night, huh? Eight and two-thirds innings, no runs, three hits, seven punch outs. This is a guy I want on the Padres in 2024. Speaking of guys I want on the Padres in 2024, Seth Lugo, oh yeah. I mean, a guy that 
prove to himself, prove to the Padres, prove to me, prove to the baseball world that, yeah, he can be a starting pitcher. I know he was on the I.L. a little bit, but that was not a throwing problem with shoulder, arm, elbow, anything like that. That was a calf strain, I believe. Um, so like he, this year, he has been someone that has, he, he's not going to make a bunch of noise in the media or be one of those superstar players. And I guess he made a little bit when he said that he was tipping pitches to the Dodgers when he got shelled. Maybe he was. And I did see some things. I did a breakdown on that. If you missed that earlier this season, you can go check that out on this YouTube channel. Uh, Padres Dodgers, he got shelled. Mookie had a grand slam. And I did notice something, so maybe that's what the Dodgers picked up. Maybe they picked up something else. I don't know. I'm a dummy, so I'm just a fan watching the game. So, I mean, whatever. I'm not one of their uh, gurus in there in the Dodger clubhouse or whatever that, you know, their job is to go look up video in the game and see if they can tell anything. I'm not a professional baseball player that, you know, maybe has a better trained eye on some of those things. But anyway, Seth Lugo this season. He has been pretty darn consistent for this Padres team, and he has given this Padres team plenty of innings. 17 six-plus inning starts this season for Seth Lugo. Uh, I was looking that up on his game logs last night. Eight and two-thirds innings again last night. I mean, no runs. He wanted that complete game, uh, but Bomell said post-game he wasn't going to give Seth Lugo uh, more than, what, 125 pitches? So it made sense to pull him. Um, I was surprised that he went out there for the ninth. I was surprised a little bit that he went out there for the eighth. But considering the pitch count, okay, go out there for the eighth. But then he went out back for the ninth. He definitely wanted that. I mean, there was like no conversation in the dugout between Bomel and Lugo. Lugo just like gave him the fist bump and kept walking and went and studied the Giants hitters preparing for the ninth inning. I mean, I love that from Lugo. He knew this was his last start of the season. And he's just going to air it out. And uh, he probably saw, I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't see the Josh Hader quotes from the night before, which I obviously gave my full thoughts on in the past show, or I think the last episode. So if you missed that, you can go watch or listen to that. Uh, I also posted a video clip of that. If you don't want to go watch the entire show, it's up on the YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, you can go back and watch that. But yeah, uh, was not happy about Josh Hader's comments. And Seth Lugo, maybe he was not as well. Uh, maybe he didn't care, but he probably saw him because he went out there and said, all right, Josh, I'm going to be a great teammate for you. I don't want you to be overworked. I want to make sure you're okay. I want to make sure that you're going to be healthy going into the offseason. You won't be overtaxed. I'm going to go eight and two-thirds innings tonight, and I am going to have you pitch six pitches. One out. Is that too tough for you, big boy? One out. Can you give me one out? I'm going to do all the rest for you. Great teammate Seth Lugo is last night. That's what he was. I mean, holy cow. Uh, that was funny that it came right after Josh Hader made those comments in game one of this series. Uh, but yeah, Seth Lugo, he has a $7.5 million player option for 2024. He'd be dumb to take that unless like an injury happens um, that we don't know about. He's, he's going to be a free agent. The Padres are going to have to pay up if they're going to want Seth Lugo back on this Padres team in 2024. And uh, I think he can come back. I don't know if I want the pot. I want to believe the Padres have the upper hand with this Seth Lugo stuff because they gave Seth Lugo the opportunity to start. 
and hopefully the Padres will actually be a contender next season and will be a postseason team next season and things are going to go much better next season and Seth Lugo can still believe in the talent in that clubhouse and if the Padres give him a multi-year deal, respectable offer, maybe he comes back uh, because he knows he will start games for this Padres team. It's not like he's going to have to addition for that role anymore. He's just going to go start. He's going to be in the rotation. He's going to get a spot. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, if someone gives him more money than the Padres and that team is a contender and they give him a rotation, a rotation spot, he's probably going to go to that team. Like that's just the way it is. This is a business as much as we want these players to really love the Padres and really love the, the situation that they're in and the city and living in San Diego and all that, I'm sure they can love the other situation that they go to if they go get millions of dollars more than what the Padres offer, right? If they go get more guaranteed year than what's years than what the Padres offer, I'm sure they'll like that place as well. Um, but maybe that's just me. Uh, Monday night, it was a good outing by Lugo. Like he proved me wrong. Um, I'd love to have him back in 2024. Monday night, Padres lose two to one. Snell goes six innings, no runs. Obviously, locked up the Cy Young. You could say he already locked up the Cy Young before he made that start. He, I guess, said after the game that he's going to be talking to Boris and the Padres before deciding on if he makes the next start, which, a.k.a., he's not going to make his next start. And some people are like, well, you better keep that same energy that you had with Hayter about Snell. But I'm like, no, not really. It's two different situations. Snell wanted the ball against the Dodgers in L.A., and he did it. The guy's been pitching six innings consistently for the last, like, two, three months, right? Um, he's going to win the Cy Young. There's no questions about his usage this season. He's, I think he leads the Padres starters in innings pitch this season. He's been healthy. Like, it's two different situations. Uh, Josh Hader said these quotes when the Padres were mathematically still in it about, are we, are we in the playoff race? Uh, you know, blaming the media and all that. Where Blake Snell, he went out there and did his job while the Padres are mathematically in it. Now, if the Padres are mathematically in it on the last day of the season, Blake Snell is probably going to make that start. Yeah, probably will. But if they're mathematically eliminated, um, did I say if they were mathematically eliminated, Snell's going to make the start? Rewind. If they're not mathematically eliminated, hopefully that's what I said before, Snell will make that start, I would think. If they are mathematically eliminated, then no, Snell, why would he make the start, right? And I'm okay with Josh Hader not pitching if they're mathematically eliminated. I'm okay with everyone just like not playing if they're mathematically eliminated. In terms of everyone, I mean like, Guys that are going to be on expiring contracts, they want to look out for themselves, there's no point in playing. Superstar players, Manny not playing, Patisse, Sander, all of them. Soto not playing, okay, bring up guys, who cares? Because you're mathematically eliminated. You know, you have like two, three games left in the season, whatever it's going to be, probably one or two, because they might not be mathematically eliminated come their game against the White Sox on Friday. They have the off day tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, Snow, I mean, that's not a game on Monday he deserved to lose. He's been tremendous. I mean, Jeff Passan tweeted this out. Last 23 starts for Snow. These are the runs that he has allowed. 0, 0, 0, 2, 0, 0, 3, 2, 2, 3, 1, 1, 1, 0, 0, 0, 2, 0, 0, 1, 0, 0, 1. That's 19 runs and 135 innings of work. A 1-2-0 ERA. Obviously, that puts him in the same company as 
the one and only Bob Gibson in the 1960s, I think, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I was negative 40-something when Bob Gibson did that. So, yeah, Blake Snell, pretty impressive when you're in the, when you're in the same uh, stat category or whatever as Bob Gibson, um, one of the best pitchers probably of all time, definitely one of the best pitchers of all time. And he leads the, um, the entire league, I believe, in ERA among qualified starting pitchers. Garrett Cole's going to win the Cy Young. The guy shoved tonight against the Blue Jays. He's going to win that for the AL. And then Blake Snell is going to win the Cy Young for the National League. I mean, do Braves fans, what, are they going to say Spencer Strider? Cubs fans are going to say Justin Steele? I mean, that guy crapped the bed, right, his last couple starts. Blake Snell has continued to shove. And congratulations to him. NL Cy Young Award, definitely deserving of that. We'll see if they can sneak in one more Don and Mudd interview uh, when Don comes back on the broadcast on Friday uh, in Chicago against the White Sox, but maybe not. That's, I mean... Yes, Blake Snell has been fun to watch this season, but overall in his Padres tenure, I'm going to miss the Don and Mud interviews more than Blake Snell pitching. And especially if they have to pay him $30 million a year for the next seven years, um, that we're not going to get this Blake Snell. If we were going to get this Blake Snell for the next five years, okay, then you give him the money, but this is his peak. And the Padres have paid guys at their peak. They already locked down you, Darvish. They locked down Joe Musgrove. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm pissed off about the Joe Musgrove extension. I love it. Team-friendly. Love Joe Musgrove. You can see it behind me. One of my favorite players. Love it. Darvish, I understood thinking, lowering the AAV, but that's a long time frame there. And obviously, looking in hindsight, would you want Blake Snell or would you want you Darvish? I think a lot of people would pick Blake Snell. But going into this season, we didn't know Blake Snell was going to have the 23 Cy Young year. We didn't know you Darvish was going to get hurt and there was going to be question marks at the end of this season about if he was going to have to have surgery in the offseason. I don't think that's known yet, right? He was going to wait like six to eight weeks to see if that was actually going to happen. So we're still in that process. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, uh, Snell, he's going to get paid. But the Padres, with the payroll situation that they're at, and they need depth in the rotation, other parts of the roster. It's not like, like if they bring back Snell, right? You're just bringing back the same guy that pitched amazing this year, but where did that get you? It got you no postseason appearance. Like, I think this is going to have to be more of a collective effort, spending money on a lot of pieces for this roster, not just one guy and one guy that in his Padres tenure, when you look at it overall, you look at the big picture, he has been inconsistent with the San Diego Padres. That is just the bottom line. You can look at this season, but the Padres have fallen into that trap a lot including with Scott Boras' clients, <clears throat> Eric Hosmer, uh, of paying guys coming off of a great year or great years. And it's like, okay, they're 30, 30. I think Snell's 31. You really think they're going to do that for the next six, seven years? You're out of your mind if you think they're actually going to do that for, your next, for the next six, seven years. Snell's not going to do this. Like, personality, great. Clubhouse guy seems like great. Uh, teammate, great. Um, there was last, last season, he sat there before a Sunday game for over an hour, signing autographs and taking pictures with fans down the line. Like, seems like legit great human being. Obviously, Don and Mud interviews, love it. But in terms of him on the mound, I don't think he is worth giving 30, maybe even more than that, 30 plus million dollars a year to 
for the next six, seven years. I mean, look at Carlos Rodon, right? He got six years, $162 million from the Yankees last year. Look how that's working out, by the way. $27 million a year. And he got that from the Yankees, and he didn't have as good of a season as Blake Snell is having this season. He didn't win the Cy Young last year, right? Alcantara did, I believe. Rodon in 22, before getting this big contract from the Yanks, 288 ERA in 178 innings. Blake Snell this season, 225 ERA in 180 innings. So only two innings difference, but, you know, better numbers. Blake Snell has been better when you look at those, when you look at the ERA. Uh, he's won the Cy Young before. You know, there's, there's a proven track record, at least for one full dominant season and then another full dominant season in 2023. It's there, and teams will bite at that. Should the Padres do that? In my opinion, no. So I'll miss Blake Snell a little bit, but I'll miss him more than Josh Hader. I'm going to put it, and that's a low bar, I know. So take with that what you will, but I'll miss him more than Josh Hader. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, Blake Snell continued to pitch really well on Monday, but Robert Suarez gives up the lead. Obviously, there was the Josh Hader quotes. You know, he didn't pitch four outs. And he was saying post game, are we in the playoff race? Uh, he said it wasn't about what do you say? It wasn't about playoff standing. It's about health. It's about being healthy for 162 games. Guys that get overworked, they get hurt. And it's like, Josh, do you understand what you're saying, dude? You think that you've been overworked this season? Is, is that what you're trying to imply here? And then he was telling Kevin Acey, hypothetically, if I could throw, if, if I could be, a, if I could pitch seven innings, I would pitch seven innings. If I could throw 105, I'd throw 105. And I'm like, so hypothetically, if you could throw four outs, you could throw four outs. Are you implying that you can't physically throw four outs? Then he was on Instagram replying to some dude today uh, and saying, like, the phone rings both, goes both ways. I didn't know I was supposed to dial into the Padres dugout and say, and tell them when I pitch, something like that. It's like, dude, do you not realize what you're saying as well there? You're saying it's a two-way thing, so you can call as well. You Not during the game, I'm, I'm not saying that, but you, Josh, can tell the Padres before the game, hey, if we're in a situation where you need me for four outs, give me the ball. I want the ball. You didn't do that, it seems like, for to Ruben Niebla, to Bob Melvin. Last year in the postseason, it has come out that it took a lot for the Padres to even get Josh Hader to go four outs in the postseason last year. When it matters the most, it took a lot for Josh Hader to go more than three outs. It's like, are you kidding me, dude? You're making $14 million a year. You're not mathematically eliminated. And, okay, if you, like for myself, right, I thought that Manny should get shut down with the surgery, so I'm thinking the Padres season's over, so I kind of have the same mindset as Josh Hader, right? But that's not something that you say as a player in that clubhouse. You just don't say that publicly. You don't say that to the media. And then, even if you said that to the media, and you're being honest, like, I like when, you know, maybe it's a little bit hypocritical, right? I also like sometimes when guys are honest to the media, and they're not saying, yeah, I still believe, season's not over yet, like how Manny says, right? Um, I like when guys are honest, and they just say, yeah, we've sucked, and, you know? Um, when Juan Soto admitted about the quitting earlier this season, I I sort of, I mean, I respected it because it's like, hey, at least he's being honest. You just don't want to hear that. 
because you don't want guys quitting, right? That quitting mentality continues like year after year with this Padres team. Or if it's not 2022, it's the year before that. It's the year before COVID, 2019. It's, you know, like it just keeps happening. I'm tired of it. Um, I had a point. What was my other point about Josh Hader? Totally forgot what my point was about Josh Hader. Um, Instagram comment. Two-way conversation. Yeah, playoffs. I mean, it took a lot to get him to pitch four outs. Oh, oh, the blaming the media thing. Yeah, so it's not like he just stopped at, are we in the playoff? We're not in the playoff race, are we? Like, essentially, that's what he was saying. I'm not saying, like, word for word, but that's what he said. And then he goes... And it's like blaming the media. Like, you guys want me to do everything. And it's like, no, we don't want you. The media doesn't want you to do everything. They're just asking you to do your job. They're just asking, why can't you give the Padres a little bit more, just like all the other big relievers in baseball do? Because they're trying to help their team win. Why can't you do that, Josh? You got your teammates being team players. You got Scott Barlow. You got Robert Suarez. You got other guys offering to go more than three outs, being willing to not pitch in their inning. And you can't do that, right? Like, that's all they're asking. They're not asking you to pitch two innings. They're just like, what? why can't you pitch more than three outs in certain situations? They're not saying you always have to do it. They're not saying you always have to pitch three days in a row. They're just saying, why can't you do it every once in a while when the situation calls for it? But, yep, him, Manny, they like to just... You know, when things aren't going well, they're, when they're not in a good mood, they go and blame the media. It's the media's fault. Expectations. You guys want me to do everything? It's like, no, dude, no. Maybe you should have a little bit higher expectations of yourself. Maybe that's a little bit of the problem. Um, okay, so that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Padres Giants series. I know I was all, all over the place there. We still got a whole lot to talk about here. This Kevin AC article. Uh between about Bob Melvin and AJ Preller. I am going to get to that, but there's already over 100 comments here in the chat. Again, if you want to join the show, you click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, uh, you can use that super chat button. Uh, I'm going to try to get to some of the questions, some of the uh, chat here now, so I don't have like 300 comments by the end of this show that I go through. Um, and then I, I will, once we get through some in the chat here, I will get to a break, and then I'll come back, do the Padres, Kevin AC, Bob Melvin, AJ Preller piece, because there was a lot of stuff written in that. Um, so I'll be here probably for more than an hour tonight. Late night edition of Talking Friars, episode 478. Uh, snowing in my room. Interesting name. Does Hater need a week off for the hard work he did today? Probably. Probably not going to see him again. Yeah, probably not. Charlie says, I respect the new Ben. I remember like it was yesterday how gullible Ben was believing in Preller vision. Ben was one of the biggest Preller apologists. Ben has seen the light. We're really proud of you. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know, Preller apologist. I just, was, I just realized like AJ Preller, I mean, look at where he has put the Padres in. Like NLCS appearance look at all these stars on the roster it has been worse than us having aj preller but this season has happened there's another report that comes out about the dysfunction and some of his flaws and people being uncomfortable communication 
You're not making it work with Bob Melvin out of all people. You can't make it work with Bob Melvin, common denominator, all that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think AJ Preller, it would help for this Padres team to go in a different direction. I'm I'm kind of at the point where it's like, why not? Why not try something else? I'm open to having AJ Preller have a limited role in this organization, but to be the president of baseball ops, to be the GM. I think his time has passed on that. I think he's had a lot of opportunities, and I think it would be nice to bring someone else in and give someone else a shot to run this organization, not A.J. Preller. Why not? Right? Can it get worse than this? Uh, J.D.'s Third says, I'm here instead of the wrap-up show. You are what's in. Is John? John's probably talking about the playoff scenarios, huh? How the Padres are going to go make the postseason this year. They're great. They're great. John and Jim, they're great. Um, okay. Continuing to go through the chat. I'm not going to be able to get to everyone because there's a ton of comments in here. But I'm just trying to see if there's any points here that I want to bring up before we get to a break. And then I get to the Kevin AC article. Jay's third says Ben is a comedian tonight. Not really trying to be. Just giving my thoughts. Hey. If, if I'm a comedian tonight for you, I'm happy to do so. You know, put a smile on your face in what has been a painful Padres season. And this is more painful. Like the Padres winning tonight, it's more painful because they're just stretching this out and they're stretching this out. Like just, just be eliminated already so we can just officially be eliminated instead of, you know, not being officially eliminated and paying attention to all these other teams and, you know, stretching it out. Oh, just rip the Band-Aid off. Um, let's see here. Caesar says our payroll will probably be closer to 240 than it will be to 200. That's what I see. Luxury tax for next year, I think, is 237, that threshold. I see it being more, I see it being closer to that than being 200. Like a $53 million drop in payroll, that is pretty big for a team that's still trying to win. I mean, yeah, that that's that's pretty big. And it's not like all these guys are under control for next year. You got a lot of pieces to replace if you're not bringing them back. And if you do bring them back, they're going to cost a good amount of money. Um Let's see here. Sam says keep working hard, Ben. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate all you for tuning in here. On this, what is this, Wednesday night? I'm losing track of days here. I'm just waiting for this season. All I know is the last game of the season is on a Sunday, and then Monday, I think Monday, maybe Sunday night when they get back home, but probably Monday, they're going to have that very important meeting. Who knows? Might just turn into a UFC match in Eric Gruber's office. We'll see. Um, okay, let's get to a break here. First, I'll tell you about Gaglione Bros, then we'll get to a break, and then I'm going to get to this Kevin AC article here. Uh, Gaglione Bros, there is the Coldplay, the Coldplay, what's Coldplay? Coldplay concert at Snapdragon Stadium tonight. I think they're doing another one tomorrow. Not a big music guy, so I can't tell you one song that Coldplay has, but Snapdragon Stadium, Gaglione Bros is there. So wave matches, San Diego State, concerts, Gaglione Bros is there is open at Snapdragon Stadium. They're at Petco Park. Their main location is on Friars Road. 
best cheesesteaks in San Diego. Garlic fries, cheesesteak fries, they are amazing. Make sure to check them out. Got the website, link in the description. Again, main location, their, yeah, their, their main shop on Friars Road. Uh, the Gaglione Bros, they are amazing, so make sure to check them out. And then let's get to a message about Underdog Fantasy. And by the way, right now, Underdog Fantasy, it's, I believe, up to $500 deposit match for free, up to $500. It was $100, but it's $500 for a limited time. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, everybody, let's get to the Kevin AC article. This one dropped before Padres Giants, the series finale on Wednesday. And it went into the relationship between Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller. This is some of this stuff, not new information. We already knew that the relationship, it's not great. And there's a player in the athletic piece a week ago, a couple weeks ago, whenever that was. I'm losing track of time here. Unfixable is what one player said of this relationship. And then in this article, the relationship is described as civil war from someone. So, yeah, not great. I first wanted to hit on Peter Seidler here. Peter Seidler is said to prefer both Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller to remain with the Padres in 2024. There's going to be a meeting after this Padres season has concluded. So on Sunday, after the Padres come home, after facing the Chicago White Sox, in this article, it says that the meeting is going to be in the 24 hours after Sunday's season finale. Season finale, obviously, in Chicago, guaranteed right field or whatever the heck they called that stadium now. And they're probably going to be playing in front of like 50 people. So that meeting, 
who's going to be in that meeting? Peter Seidler, obviously, he is dealing with some health issues right now. Just had the medical procedure, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be in the meeting. Maybe he's going to zoom into it. I don't know. Wishing the best, obviously, to Mr. Seidler. That is what is most important here. But in this article, it says Bob Melvin, obviously, A.J. Preller, Eric Gruppner, and at least one member of Seidler Equity Partners. Now, I have no idea what Seidler Equity Partners is. I could probably look it up, but I haven't done that deep research on it. Sorry, I'm just a Padres fan. I, I'm not, I don't have my pom-poms or anything for Seidler Equity Partners. But that's where I think he's gotten a lot of the money for the Padres. It's not from the Padres. And that's how it is with a bunch of owners, right? If they don't get a bunch of the money, mostly from the baseball team, and before they buy the baseball team, obviously they have to get the money from somewhere, and it's not baseball because uh, they don't own the team yet. But someone from Seidler Equity Partners, Eric Gruppner, Melvin, and Preller. So that question to me is like, or the question that comes from that, Meeting happening probably on Monday, Monday morning, maybe, I would think, when the Padres are back. They can get a good night rest, and then Bomel can ride into Petco Park, and they can go meet in Eric Gruppner's office or wherever they're going to meet. The question here is, who is making these decisions here? A.J. Preller's going to make it? I mean, A.J. Preller's job is still up in the air, according to reports here. That has not been decided yet. He could be fired. Bob Melvin could be fired. Both could be fired. Neither could be fired. All of those things, it seems like, is on the table here. Is Eric Gruppner making decisions? I mean, he was just on 97.3 The Fan last Friday on Ben and Woods, like, criticizing A.J. Preller's roster and about, we need more young and hungry players and all that. Yep. And that's the CEO of the Padres. A.J. Preller doesn't report to Eric Gruppner, as far as I know. A.J. Preller reports to one guy, Peter Seidler. So is Eric Gruppner taking over the Peter Seidler role as Peter Seidler is away from the team? So that's why Gruppner's involved in this. Um, is Peter, is uh, Gruppner just going to be like reporting back to Peter Seidler? How is this going to work? I think Peter Seidler should be at least zooming into this meeting because, I mean, he, I, I want him making the decision. Eric Gruppner, I know he's been in the organization for a long time, but... I want Peter Seidler, the actual chairman of the team, I want him making the final decision on this, not Eric Gruppner. Eric Gruppner can have a say, but like, what is, what's the tiers here? Is it Bob Melvin, A.J. Preller, Eric Gruppner, and then Peter Seidler? Is Eric Gruppner on the same level as A.J. Preller? But uh, Gruppner is just elevated a little bit because Seidler is not there. Like, why is Gruppner staying? Well, I understand why Gruppner's staying, like the business and all that. But why is it feels like Gruppner's having an influential voice here with these decisions, which is interesting because he's the Padres CEO. This reminds me of the Red Sox situation with Sam Kennedy. And I was listening to Darren Smith on the radio, San Diego Sports 760, and he mentioned how it seems like Eric Gruppner is going to be the one to run the, the end-of-season press conference with Peter Seidler, obviously, probably unable to do so with what he is dealing with. Um, I have heard some things, but I'm not going to comment on what I have heard uh, with what's going on because just I'm just not going to do it out of respect of everyone. Not going to do it. Um, but Gruppner taking over, it seems like like he's the, the, the head guy here while Seidler is away because 
we know that Grutner is going to stay. And it seems like Preller, that's more up in the air. And is 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 Melvin and side Melvin, excuse me, Melvin and Preller, their futures, they're going to be decided here based on this one meeting. So they're all going to go in there. And what's going to happen? Who's going to speak first? Is Preller just going to start yelling at Bill Mel and be like, I disagree with you about all this stuff? Is Melvin going to start yelling at Preller and be like, you need to let me manage. I hate why when you do this. I hate about this about you. And they just air it out, and they just go blow after blow after blow back and forth with Eric Grutner just sitting there and the one dude from Seidler Equity Partners just sitting there listening to them just yell at each other, get the anger out, and then maybe they can come to a resolution. What if during this meeting on Sunday night or Monday morning at Petco Park, what if, A.J. Preller and Bob Melvin, they don't agree. What if A.J. is like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and Bob Melvin's like, well, I don't like the way you're running things. Let me do my job. You make the roster. I run everything else. Okay? So, like, do your job. Let me do my job. What if they don't agree? And what happens then? Bob Melvin... Are both fired? Is Eric Grubner going to sit there and like, all right, you babies, you guys can't cooperate with each other, so both of you are gone? Or is he going to sit there and be like, well, you're not on the same page, so I'm going to pick one. And I feel like he'd pick Bob Melvin. I mean, he's being critical of A.J. Preller on the radio. So I think he would pick Bob Melvin, but what does Peter Scyther have to say about this? Would he pick Bob Melvin, or would he pick the guy that he called excellence in July earlier this season. I mean, he did say in that article to Kevin Acey in that interview that Eric Grubner and A.J. Preller are going nowhere. He didn't say that about Bob Melvin. So does Grubner want Bomel over Preller? Does Seidler want Preller over Bomel? What's going to happen there? Seidler should overrule Grubner because he's the chairman of the team. But, like, I just don't know what's going to happen at that meeting. And what is that other one, at least one member of Seidler Equity Partners there? What is he going to say? It's going to be interesting. So hopefully we hear some news that comes out of this meeting. I don't know if it's going to be at Petco Park, but I'm just assuming that it is. Is it going to be on Monday? Is it going to be on Sunday night? Hopefully we hear something on Monday, Monday night, maybe Tuesday morning. I'm sure Dennis Lynn, Kevin A.C., Ken Rosenthal, they're going to be all over this. So I would think we'd hear something coming out of this on Monday, Monday night, I'm hoping. And we can actually get some direction. Maybe a decision's not going to be made on Monday, but maybe we'll hear like how the meeting went. Did it go over well? Did someone's messaging go over well with the other person, vice versa? Were they able to agree on some things? Like, Because I think Bomel... Some of the stuff that's coming out here, like some people in the front office think that Bomel is being a little bit stubborn and balking at some of their ideas. And obviously, A.J. Preller with the roster construction, and he really wanted Matt Carpenter to stay. Um, he really advocated for that. Lack of flexibility given to Bob Melvin at times with the roster. Um, obviously, talking to coaches, at least according to The Athletic, going behind Bob Melvin's back, it seems like, and talking to coaches and having stuff implemented 
beyond like Bob Melvin's approval is what it seems like micromanaging there. It seems like there's fault on both sides. It just feels like there's way more fault on AJ Preller's side. So are both guys going to be able to sit in the room together with Eric Gruber there or whatever and be like, yep, I've made some mistakes. There are some places that I need to improve, but I am willing to improve because I think we have the talent. We have the team to go win the world series next year. And I have one more year on my contract. So I don't want to let the guys down. And I think for one year, we can work together. Do you want to win a World Series? You will be a legend in this city if you're able to win a World Series as the GM, president of baseball ops of this team. Bob might be able to tell AJ that. And AJ would say, you know what? I know I've made some mistakes. I want to win more than anything else. And I think that you're the right guy. You're the only guy for this situation in 2024. Because I don't know if I'll keep my job one. If I go hire another guy, because that will be his fourth manager, technically, like real manager. You could count Dave Roberts and Rod Barajas and Bud Black, but like manager hiring, right? Like permanent real manager hiring. I don't know if my boss is going to allow me to do that. And the players respect you. So let's agree to change some things. I will step back a little bit. I will let you do your thing, Bob. And Bob will admit some to maybe some wrongdoings and some mistakes that he has made. And they can come to an agreement and have this be the last dance. And they'll agree like, yep, 2024, that's, this is it. We're doing this for the best of the team. This is it. And they can work things out for 2024. If that's what ends up being the solution, I don't think I'm going to be pissed off about that. Because it will be Bob Melvin managing this team, which is what I want at the end of the day. And I, I think it's probably best for A.J. Preller to not be the president of baseball ops be, and be the GM. I don't think that's the best thing. I think he's had plenty of opportunities. But if they don't have success next year, then he's gone. At least I hope. And Bob Melvin, he's gone either way after next season, let's say, if that's what the agreement is. Because he's under contract only through 2024. So I don't think that's the worst thing for both guys to come to an agreement. Now, will that happen? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. That is the big question. Because if they can't agree, it seems like one of them is going to go. And we don't know who that is, but it seems like one of them is going to go if they can't have a good meeting when the Padres finish up their season. That's what it seems like. So we'll see what happens. Um, Seidler again expressing interest he wants both to remain which that's not surprising because with the stuff that he's dealing with I don't think Peter Seidler would want to go through a managerial hiring process I don't think definitely he wouldn't want to go through because uh, he's someone that loves AJ Preller I don't think he would want to have to have that conversation with AJ when he's dealing with what he's dealing with and I don't think he wants to have to go into an offseason with so many question marks beyond just Bob Melvin, A.J. Preller. Just player-wise and payroll-wise and TV deal-wise, they don't have that, right, for 2024 and beyond. So many questions. I don't think he wants to go into this offseason with first things first. I've got to hire the new lead face of my organization. I don't think he wants to do that. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that he wants both men to remain Bob Melvin and AJ Preller. 
Uh, Preller could have limits put on his role, according to Kevin AC in this article, which what I want is AJ Preller to like take over scouting and just do that. And then you hire like, I know some don't like Heim Bloom, but someone like Heim Bloom or James Click or someone else, someone you could do the Orioles assistant GM or someone from the Dodgers or the Braves or what, whatever. You get my point. Astros, whatever. Um, but you bring someone else in to not be what A.J. Preller is, which is the full present baseball ops. I don't think, like, that's a huge role. I think having A.J. Preller focus on scouting, you have the other guy focus on the other stuff. You can have A.J.'s input, but have someone else be the lead decision maker here. I think that can't hurt. So I don't think that's what Kevin AC means by limited role. By limited role, I think he means like he's still the president of baseball ops, still the GM, but limited limited things that he can do. Like uh, maybe there's a rule like you, you're not allowed to talk to the coaching staff uh, unless Bob Melvin's in the same room. That might be a little too much, but I'm just saying. But if there are limits, let's say like Preller, Melvin, they sit in a room, they agree to limits. How is that going to be enforceable? How is AJ going to be held to those limits if there's any limits on him? Because Peter Seidler, it seems like, lets Preller do whatever he wants. There's no one baseball-wise that Preller reports to. And what? Is Peter Seidler going to set a tracker on AJ's phone to make sure he's not texting Ryan Flaherty in the background? Hey, do this with this player. Go behind Bowmill's back and do this. Like, other, you know, micromanaging, he can do things while he's scouting on the road. He can still micromanage at the big league level. It was wrote here by AC about how Preller isn't as, isn't around the big league club as much. And I'm like, or as rare, it, it's kind of rare for him to be around the big league club. And I'm like, that kind of surprised me because, I mean, I see him around the big league club on the field all the time. Um, but him, let, let's say like AC's talking about him not being around the club very much. That probably has happened this year when, with the relationship with Bomo has definitely deteriorate, deteriorate. What's the word? Uh, it's gotten worse. Sorry. Big words. Not great. Um, I think that AJ, he can still micromanage when he's scouting a 15 year old in Ohio. You know, like he can still do things with the big league club, even though he's not with the big league club. Like with technology these days, it is so easy. He could have a Zoom session with some with coaching with coaches in the hotel before they leave to the ballpark. There's so many things that he can do. So like, how are those limits going to be enforced? I just don't see how that's going to be enforced. Uh, John, I see you here. Um, I'm going to get to you here in a little bit. Uh, but there's just a few other notes here that I wanted to hit on. Um, quote, Melvin's distrust of Preller and Preller's frustration at what he perceives as Melvin's obstinance have, intensi have intensified. AC loves to use these like words that we don't use in like everyday conversations. So to be honest, I was looking up some of these words, like what the heck does this mean? Um, obstinance, stubborn to own ideas. So. Uh, Bob Melvin, I guess, perceived by some 
being stubborn to some of the ideas brought to him by maybe AJ Preller, some in the front office, which it's not surprising because if the idea is brought by AJ Preller, we know their relationship sucks. So why would he listen to AJ Preller? And Bob Melvin, he's like, I've managed in the big leagues for decades. I think I know what I'm doing here. Get the heck away from me, you know? Um, if it's coming from someone else in the front office, he's probably sitting there saying, well, hmm, AJ probably sent those dudes over here and he just doesn't want to talk to me. So why would I listen to those guys? Right. Uh, maybe AC mentioned about maybe it's he's just not getting the same information as he got in Oakland, different information. Now, I have no idea what that information would be. So I don't even want to get into that because I have no idea what diff, what information he might be getting that he well, he doesn't like the information that he's getting. He wants something else, then communicate that to those people. You know, I, I think that would be pretty simple to do. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to sit here to be clear. I don't want to sit here and say like Bowmel's not at fault. I could definitely see him being a little bit stubborn to some things. Uh, I could see other managers being stubborn to some things as well. Um, and maybe AJ Preller's so used to Andy Green and Jace Tingler saying, yes, yes, sir. I'll do whatever the heck you want. Cause I just want to keep my job as the manager of this team. Maybe AJ is so used to the managers and the coaches saying yes to every freaking thing he says that when Bob Melvin steps in and Bob Melvin pushes back and it's like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to manage the team. You hired me to manage the team. Kind of like the money ball scene with Art Artie Howe, I think that's what it was named with Billy Bean. Like, let me manage the team. I'm the manager of this team. Um, Bowmel is probably like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And Preller's like, oh, whoa, 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 I'm not used to this. I had Andy Green and Jace Tingler for how long was that? They hired him in 2019, right? Was Andy Green or was that before that? No, they fired him in 2019, I think. So, I mean, what, five years, something like that, that they had Tingler and Green together? Um, no, 16. It was 16, right? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Geez, Louise. Six, year, six years that Preller was probably used to those guys just saying yes to everything. And now you got Bob Melvin these last couple of years saying, no, dude, I'm going to do it my way. Uh, I, I believe in the way that I manage. And so that's why maybe you could see some of the front office people that are probably on Preller's side because they don't want to get fired as well. Um, you know, being a little bit frustrated with Bob Melvin, you know, maybe balking at some of the ideas presented to him. Um, it's a civil war. That was one that stuck out to me in this article. I'm like, wow. Okay. So we have the athletic reporting that one player or one player's telling them, yeah, this relationship, it's unfixable. And then you got here. It's a civil war said one person uniquely positioned to have dealt with both men the past two years, which I thought that was an interesting thing that Kevin AC added on to this to the person that said it's a civil war said one person uniquely positioned to have dealt with both men the past two years, uniquely positioned dealt with both men. Who could that be? I don't know. All I will tell you is I was at the Padres game at Petco park, get there early. And I saw Kevin AC on the field talking with Eric Grutner for a long period of time in this last homestand. Maybe it's Eric Grutner that's saying this and 
he's not going to quote Eric Gruppner, obviously, with Eric Gruppner saying it's a civil war. That's just a guess. I don't think Peter Seidler would be someone to say this, but obviously he has dealt with both of these people. It could be someone that I'm not even thinking of that I don't even know that's in the organization. But just from personal knowledge, from what I saw, AC and Gruppner were talking for a while there. So maybe it could be him. He fits under that category that was described uh, by Kevin AC there. It's a civil war. That, to me, right there, that doesn't seem like that this can be fixed. That seems more like, uh, under the the athletic article, that player, unfixable. I would put it under that. If you're, like That definitely backs up that. But this meeting, coming up on Sunday night or Monday, whenever the Padres get back to San Diego, you would think, we'll see if it's truly unfixable. We will see. And if it's a civil war, that meeting might go on for five minutes because someone might say, F you, I'm done. We know that we're not going to be able to work together. This is it. Or it might go on for five hours because they just go, they keep going back after one another. You know, blow after blow after blow, punch, punch, punch. And maybe they can work something out and it can end up being fixable after a long period of time. Maybe Eric Gruppner is going to be the middleman here to try to fix things because Peter wants both guys to stay. But it's a civil war. Unfixable. Uh, The relationship, we know it keeps getting worse. There's stuff written in this Kevin AC article about the communication, the phone calls, in-person conversations. Essentially, Kevin saying being less and less, more rare. This is all leading to a bad divorce. That's what that is. Like when people stop communicating and they find they want to communicate to whether it's the children in a family, uh, not through you, but they just they're just going to communicate directly with that person, or they ask the children to communicate to that other person something because they don't want to talk to that person. Uh, that's what it feels like. This is here. It usually leads to a bad situation, and things aren't going to get resolved because either one side is refusing to do it. Or both are refusing to do it. And it's just not going to work. I hope that it can work for one more year because I want Bob Melvin to stay. And if I think it, if, if this doesn't work, I feel like Bob Melvin's going to be that the guy that ends up going. But both are on the table. And we will see what happens. But this does feel more like it's heading towards a divorce. But miracles can happen, I guess, right? Miracles can happen. Uh, Preller insisted it was put in this article preller insisted on keeping matt carpenter and bob melvin said some glowing things about matt carpenter you know when he finally got some at bats and what i don't even remember the last time he played you know he was playing and then he stopped playing um i I think that's truly from bob melvin's heart about like matt carpenter the work ethic and all that it wasn't just you know him just saying that because i think matt carpenter did work hard but I think Bob Melvin didn't really want Matt Carpenter taking up a roster spot. I was okay with it because, I mean, look at the team. Look how it's constructed, right? I mean, the Stars play every day. What's the last bench spot? What's the worth of that, right? I know Bob Melvin, he likes to use every guy on the bench. Like, he has said that to the media, and I think he meant it as a shot to A.J. Preller uh, when he said that probably a week or a couple weeks ago. Um, 
but Preller insisting on keeping Carp, I think that's like from the GM perspective. I mean, like wanting to see if you can get a trade for him in the offseason. Uh, the veteran viewpoint. I mean, they kept Hosmer around for too long. We know that. Nelson Cruz signed him. The veteran thing, like that's whether that's the manly, the Manny influence talking to Preller or whatever, it's there. Uh, and Bomel, he likes the flexibility. So that's not super surprising to see that. We'll see what happens with Matt Carpenter there um, this offseason. Several people around baseball have suggested the Padres could have worked with Hayter to navigate concerns over being overused, but that would have taken collaboration between the manager and the GM. Which, to me, it's kind of like, well, why? So I guess Preller has to approve Hayter being pitching for four outs because him in the front office probably put together numbers and strategy and give that to the coaching staff and then the coaching staff make decisions. That's the collaboration. But for me, it's like, no, this should be Bob Melvin and the coaching staff. Like, talk to Josh Hader, convince him to uh, pitch. Now, may maybe maybe Josh is so freaking stubborn and is so set on three outs that he needed AJ and Bob Melvin to go sit in the same room with Josh and Ruben Niebla there probably too and say and, and talk him into pitching more than three outs. Maybe that's what would have had to happen, but I don't really understand why. I, I Ultimately, I, I blame this on Josh. I mean, the Padres have tried to do this. It took a lot to even get him to do it in the postseason. And if that's the case, why would he do it in the regular season when, you know, he's that close to free agency, right? It still pisses me off, obviously. Uh, the quotes piss me off and him blaming the media. It's just like, come on, dude, stop digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, Preller in this article perceived as hovering like a cloud of intense energy over all facets of the team. Not surprising. Nothing really new there. Micromanaging. We know that, you know, it was written in the athletic, right? Like if there's a Padres guiding philosophy under AJ Preller, it's what was, I forget what it exactly was, but it was do more at all times, something like that. Do more than everyone else at all times. And that's what AJ Preller does. And that can end up hurting uh, the Padres organization, and I believe it has at points here. Um, front office front office members already went over this, but have expressed frustration at what they perceive as Melvin often balking at their input. And again, to me, it's like, I think Bowmill is just like, whoever speaks to him from the front office, he thinks that that's Preller talking to him, and he just doesn't want to listen to it because the relationship's bad, and I'm just not going to deal with that. That's what Bob Melvin probably thinks, and he's had success at, at the big league level doing it the way he thinks. And by the way, not just the way that he thinks, but I think that was a pretty strict front office with the Oakland A's that he dealt with, but Billy Bean let Bob Melvin do his job. Billy Bean, sure, was he in the clubhouse? Yes. I mean, Moneyball, that's not, it wasn't 100% reality. Like, that's been admitted. We know that. But I think that's pretty true about Billy Bean, what was going on in that movie. Um, and things that I've read from people that cover the A's, like Billy Bean, he's involved. He's not never talking to Bob Melvin. He's giving information and giving input, but he lets Bob Melvin do his job more than AJ Preller's letting Bob Melvin do his job. That's what it seems like here, and that's the difference. And why do you think Bob Melvin was able to last with the A's for so long? Do you think he would have lasted that long with AJ Preller there? Heck no. Heck no. And what is the solution, right? 
before I get to John here, I'm going to get to you, John. Um, what is the solution here? Preller, Melvin, how can they stay together for 2024? Because that's still on the table. Peter Seidler wants to keep both guys. And I understand that, obviously, especially with what he's going with, going through the medical procedure. Here's the solution. A.J. Preller, let Bob Melvin and his coaching staff do their job. Let's start there. Because Bob Melvin has earned that. That coaching staff, that has a lot of coaching experience, for the most part, they have earned that. Let them do their job. Give Melvin some younger, flexible players on the roster, guys that can do multiple things. Don't go sign a billion DHs. I don't care how cheap. I don't care if it's for $1 million. Think about flexibility here so that he can pivot if things go wrong in a full 162-game season. What a concept, right? Things going wrong, of course things are going to go wrong. Give him some things that he had in Oakland, right? And Bob Melvin, be maybe a little bit more open to some suggestions from A.J. Preller in the front office. Is based on some things that we're reading, right, from this Kevin A.C. report. Be a little bit more open. Listen to A.J. at least. I, I He's probably listening to A.J., listening to him, but actually, there, there's, there's a difference between, right, like hearing someone and truly listening. Maybe Bob Melvin's just hearing them, hearing A.J., and not, like, listening and really taking into account what he's saying because he's just over him at this point in the season. But be more open. And the main part here with Bob Melvin and AJ, be direct with each other. Stop. I'm so tired of reading this, how like the communication's just not there. And it's not direct. It doesn't seem like it's direct communication. Be direct with each other. And AJ, okay, if you say, because he was telling Marty Caswell last homestand that he talks with Bob Melvin upwards of five times a day. Who is talking? Is it you talking to Bob? Or is it Bob equally sharing time talking back to you? Is the communication clear? Is it you just giving your ideas to Bob? Or is it Bob coming back at you and actually having good baseball conversation? like you're portraying it as to the media, AJ. So be direct. Don't go through coaching staff, someone on the coaching staff and coaching staff, they go to Bob, or AJ, you go to someone in the front office to, to give a message to Bob Melvin, or you go to a player and you don't talk to Bob. Be direct. In this meeting, coming up at the end of the season, be direct with each other. If you hate that person's guts, tell them why. Like, this is the only way it's going to work. I feel like. So let the other person do their job. Be open. Be direct. Listen. Don't just hear it and then forget it. Right? But like actually listen to what that person is saying. I think that's the solution here. And Bob Melvin, I think he can lead this Padres team to the World Series. He was close to it last year. Has he made mistakes? Yes. But I think he can do it. A.J. Preller, can he put together a World Series roster? That's to be determined. Just like Bob Melvin leading this team to the World Series. But A.J. has brought in a good amount of talent that did make it to the NLCS last year. 
both guys have flaws. Admit the flaws. Try to improve on them. And try to make it last for one more year. I mean, that's what I would say on this. That's how I think this can be fixed temporarily. I don't think... This doesn't feel like it's something that's going to be fixed permanently. Like, these guys are going to be best buds, you know, a decade from now. All you got to do is have it last one more year. One more year. That's all I'm asking for. Is that too much, John? Too much to ask. Oh, man. I don't even know, man. I do not even know. We live to fight another day, Ben. Can you believe it? We live to fight. Yes, I can, because this team's just annoying at this point. <sighs> My brother and I were talking about it. My brother is a much bigger diehard fan than I, and he is um, he has given up on this team. But uh, I say I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Not, not going on. The Cubs are really falling on their faces. The Cubs, the Marlins, uh, and the Reds all lost. If you can believe it, I mean it is. And on top of that, winning the next training games. I was there actually there at the game tonight. And uh it was it was crazy, honestly, considering what the the night that Manny Machado's had, and on top of that, like I'd say the last 10 games or so, Manny it's some somehow is still mashing, even though he needs surgery pretty soon. Yeah, well he's I feel like he's mashing because he gets a day off like every other day, and that gives him the rest. Like they they're definitely at the point Manny is where he knows his body amazingly well. He knows that, okay, if I take a day off, I'll be really good tomorrow. But if I yeah. don't take a day off, then I'm probably not going to be great. And it's not going to feel good at all. And you might as well just have Eggy Rosario go play because I'm really not going to help this team. Feels yeah. like he knows that. And I, I'm still not going to switch and be like, no, Manny made the right decision not getting surgery. Um, I like the mentality, but I mean, come on, mate. Come on, dude. Like... Yeah, no, I, I, should have, I mean, you should have already had surgery. Um, you're still not going to, I'm still definitely on the side. You're not making the postseason. They could be down to the last day of the regular season. And I'm going to be like, they're going to Padres this. They're going to lose last day. Every other team could do what they need to do. Padres lose. That's just what's going to happen to this franchise. Um, yeah, it, it would be quite it would be quite poetic, honestly, considering if they lost by say like a half a game or a game or something like that, because I feel like that's been the whole Padres season. Just like, you know, bags loaded, no outs and they somehow blow it or, you know, mm -hmm. one Soto barely getting a, a game tying home run or, you know, all that stuff has been really kind of the the story for the Padres, honestly. But um, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I, I, you know what? I take the articles like from Kevin AC and Dennis Lynn with kind of a grain of salt. Honestly, I think a lot of them, you know, they, they're, they're doing a job of just kind of, uh, you know, they have to report on stuff, right? They have to make a story and make things interesting. They have to make it somewhat, you know, readable to the audience or whatever. And I think, I don't know. I think I, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I bet their relationship is strained, but I don't know. I kind of look at the, the players, you know, it's like having strained relationships, right? They don't necessarily have to like each other in order to have a good time or even work and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I work with bosses that I don't like, but I still have to get the job done, you know? Right. I, like it, but I feel like, I feel like reporters they're and they're right. They're, they're doing their job. They're reporting. Kevin's not the one that said it's a civil war. Someone that he talked to said that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think that 
some people in the organization are probably talking to Kevin with a motive, like I want this dude gone or I don't want this dude gone. So I'm going to say something and he's going to put it in here uh, to paint kind of this picture because Peter's probably reading all of this. Eric Gruppner is probably reading all this. Whoever is in these, the Seidler equity partners thing, they're reading this. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think, yeah, take it with a a grain of salt. Um, But yeah, it feels like to me, you know, Dennis Lynn, Ken Rosenthal, Kevin AC, whoever's writing about this, they're making this seem like this is like uh, the Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz fight. Yeah. Uh, the UFC guy. I mean, they're, they're making this seem like this is the best fight ever. Uh, and these guys are like literally like F you when this dude walks in the room. And I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, uh, in my humble opinion, I don't take anything from Ken Rosenthal or athletic, or, you know, <laughs> Ken Rosenthal in general. I mean, I think every time he goes on with his stupid bow tie, I'm just like, oh, what are you going to, what are you going to trash about today, buddy? Gosh. But no, I don't know. I, I think, you know, we'll see. I, we'll see for next year. I mean, in a way, I want AJ Preller fired, but if we're going to run it back with the same, same team or whatever, I mean, hey, we made it to the NLCS. You know, if things are working out and the team is actually winning, then, you know, all that backroom drama is kind of semantics at that point because who cares? Right. But the th- yeah, but the thing is, like, they haven't consistently won. Oh, I know. Peter, well, Peter Seidler can. Overall, I think everyone Peter watching Seidler this can, chat is aware. Yeah. Right. Peter Seidler can sit there and be like, yeah, well, I, uh, I'm i not evaluating. I didn't start evaluating till start of 2020. Mm-hmm. But you still don't look good if you're AJ Preller. I mean, it was a short season playoff appearance and you had guys hurt. And that's yeah. why you didn't even win a game against the Dodgers. You had Craig Stammen pitching in game three of the wild card series there. I mean, let's be honest, like that was a miracle that they won that game. That's uh, true. And it took two home run performances from Will and Tatis. I think that was in or maybe that was game two to win whatever game that was like, I mean, yeah. come on. And yeah. then the next year, I mean, just absolute dog crap at the end of that season. And then this past season, 2022, okay, they win 89 games in the regular season. Uh, yeah. They go on a run. Second, but yeah. it wasn't super smooth sailing. It, it wasn't a dominant season, I don't think. Uh, and then this year, obviously, the most disappointing season in franchise history. So uh, yeah. it's not like it's not like Preller has made the playoffs every year or missed the playoffs once um, since Seidler started grading or evaluating him. It's still yeah. not a good look whenever Seidler started evaluating him, unless he's going to say, oh, I started evaluating him, you know, 2022, September of 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I made the postseason, uh, went on a deep run. And yeah, I didn't watch this season. So I'm only, that's all I've seen, AJ's excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I just, Seidler, I just go back to that. It's like, Seidler, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to go that far because you put yeah. yourself, you put yourself, in a box now. Yeah. And I mean, all these articles honestly just revolve around AJ Preller, which I think is a really big problem about it is that like, you know, he's just a controlling dude. And like, I, I understand the work, the work ethic that he has and, you know, it definitely shows in the field. I mean, you know, he's gotten the likes of Tatis and, you know, a lot of other people to come along in this organization that is so great, but um, yeah, I just, that win loss record, it's just, it's just the most glaring thing for me. You know, he's given, he's given nine years to this organization and it really hasn't, yeah, we we're in a good team on paper, but like we haven't really shown it, you know. Like mm-hmm. that's and that's the problem. And and uh, 
you know, if it takes AJ Preller leaving and Bob Melvin leaving, I mean, that's, that is what it is, you know, and uh, we have to start a new, we have to start a new, but we've still got the same team. That's the craziest thing about it. That's yeah. the weird thing about it is that we still have the same team, even through a front office change or stuff like that. Yeah. If AJ goes, that's not a guarantee that next year is going to be great because it's a lot of the same players and whoever comes in is going to have to deal with the payroll restrictions, probably mm -hmm. uh, the lowering of a payroll. They're not going to get to have a $250 million payroll like AJ got this year. They're going to still no. have uh, Manny Machado coming off of a surgery and Musgrove and Darvish coming off of season ending injuries. And same thing with crony. It's not like, this guy gets all of these players fresh and ready to go and amazing. It's like all of them in their prime and all of them on cheap contracts. Like he's still, mm -hmm. this person's going to be handcuffed. Whoever comes in here, if AJ goes. Uh, but I, I, again, I, as, like I said earlier, I'm just at the point where it's like, why not try it? Because it can't go worse than this. Can it? Well, we could lose more and uh, we can also be in fourth place as well. You know, and uh, we also could be eliminated right about now. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think at the end of the day, we're going to have to run it back. And I hate to say it, but that's the case. But I think the leash needs to be tightened a little bit on AJ Preller in terms of his spending, in terms of what needs to happen, in terms of the win-loss columns. And honestly, I just, if I was AJ Preller, dude, there's... You got to take a look at him. You got to let him know he's on the chopping block or something, you know, like get it, you know, get a little fire under him, you know, just kind of just to get something going. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? I, wa I wonder what those conversations are between Peter and AJ. Like whenever they have a conversation or if AJ ever steps into Peter's office when Peter's like healthy, does P how does Peter greet him? How does how does Peter have these conversations? Is it just. Well, we're just going to keep chugging along. How's it going, AJ? Everything going good? Yeah. And AJ's like, yeah, everything's going great, Peter. Uh, there's no, like, reality conversation going on with Peter. Is, is he, like, not saying, hey, AJ, not looking great on the field this year, huh? Like, mm. he's, ne he's never saying this to AJ? I, like, I, I would love to be in, have a camera in there, like, hard knock style. Like, uh so, uh, you know, Peter, with these conversations with AJ, how does it go? Who starts? Does AJ talk and just takes over the conversation so Peter never criticizes him? Like, yeah, at some point, Peter has to. And again, the health thing, like that's the priority. But Peter, I feel like he has to take command. And it feels weird me saying this because I don't know what these conversations are like. Maybe Peter is taking command and he is. Yeah, you're cool. And yeah. uh, of AJ, and we just don't know about that. A lot of speculation. But it just doesn't feel like Peter is someone that would go on the phone with AJ or have him come in his office and go like yell at him. Like that's just mm. not who he is. No, I am. I, but I, I kind of had a funny thought. It'd be very hilarious if they had a like, you know, when like Fernando Tatis and like Soto, they do like a little dance or whatever, mm -hmm. a little handshake dance, right? I imagine those two of them do that as well. That'd be, I feel like, have me, a handshake. Yeah, yeah. It's like two business people, they're business suits, and they just do like the, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like that, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty fitting. Um, yeah, but and then uh, when, when, uh, when Peter talks to Bomo, he's like, yes, Bomo, how's it going? Just yeah. a nice handshake. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I just, I don't know. I think, I think my conclusion is about these articles, especially is that uh, you don't have to like each other, you know, to, to make something happen, you know? And yeah. again, like all of that is kind of mutant point in comparison if, if they win or not, you know? Yeah. So again, we're running it back, unfortunately. And uh, that's, I think the sad reality that a lot of Padres fans I think have to swallow is we're running it back. We'll see what yeah, happens. running it back, but also not running it back because there's a lot of got yeah with limitations. Well. I would say yeah. yeah. So it's... limited running it back. Yeah, we'll see how that goes for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes for sure. But anyway, I'm gonna go to bed because it's yes. late. Go to bed. Yes, you John, should too. So yeah, appreciate go, man. it. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'll probably be going to bed. Yeah, definitely after midnight tonight. But late show. That's just how it is. You know, no day game today. Padres Giants. Usually series finale day game, but that's not how it went. And this Kevin AC piece dropped, so there's obviously a lot to talk about. But uh, yeah, my laptop is on low power mode, so um, I'm not going to be able to get to everyone in the chat here. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, please use that super chat button, and I will get to it. Definitely will get to it here uh, before the night is up. I don't see any super chats. If if there is one, please let me know. But I don't see any super chats here. I'm trying to find where I left off here in the chat. Um, Lizzie says, Seidler's brother and son are part of Seidler Equity Partners. So Tom Seidler, right? That's Peter. But I think Tom... Tom doesn't own a stake in the team, right? He's an employee technically of the Padres. He does like community stuff. But that, yeah, that would make sense for those guys to be part of the Seidler equity partner stuff. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, JD's third says, Ben, did you hear Jeff Passan's thoughts on Juan being traded this offseason? He says it will happen. He think he knows, or I think, is what JD's third says. I think he knows something inside info, but he can't say off the record. Um, I have not heard Jeff Passan's thoughts. I'll probably be listening to that tomorrow when I uh, am working out in the morning. Um, but okay, so Jeff I did see something about Jeff Passan saying something about like Juan Soto to the Mets and that being like a scary possibility. But again, I have not heard that. I have not watched that. Um, that would be a little bit surprising because the Mets told Scherzer and Verlander that they're building for 2026. And I guess, I mean, it would make sense a little bit for the Mets because you would acquire Juan Soto to give him $500 million, right? Because Steve Cohen has that. But you would have to give up a significant package. And how does that help the Mets win in 2026 and beyond, or 2025 and 2026 and beyond, when that is what they want to do? I mean, they literally told that to Max Scherzer and Justin Verland. You know? I think the Mets, they might just be comfortable enough in being like, hey, we see the Padres situation. They ain't extending Juan Soto, so I will just take my chances and go give Soto $500 million, offer him that when he becomes a free agent, and be like, hey, we didn't trade prospects for you uh, because we want to build around you. We want to have that young talent and be in a better spot than you were with the Padres where you had a lot of vets. Maybe that's what the Mets end up doing. So a little surprised and not surprised if that makes sense about that um as for the Padres like again I, I just don't I don't get trading Juan Soto if you're trying to win in 2024 I don't understand not at least giving it a shot to start 2024 all right continuing to go through the chat here What will Peter's legacy be? Has AJ tarnished it? I think Peter's legacy, for the most part, is going to be definitely positive. I mean, obviously away from the baseball field, like positive with the homelessness stuff in San Diego and caring about the city. But right now, I mean, his legacy for me is more, way more positive than negative. Like being the owner that we dreamed of, like really caring about the Padres organization, not being cheap, spending on superstar players. And ultimately believing in the employees that are in the organization. He's not Jerry Jonesing this thing. Maybe for the Manny extension he did, but I mean he is the owner of the team, but he's not he's not playing GM and owner. Like he let AJ do what AJ wanted to do. And I just think the time has run out on AJ on that. Um but no, I mean he is a big reason why the Padres made it to the postseason last year, because a lot of those players would not be on this team. 
if Peter Scyther was not owning this team. If he was not the head chairman, a lot of those guys would not be on that roster because the owner would not allow it like Peter Scyther allowed that money to be spent. Brian asked, by the way, who's next in line after Peter now that Ron Fowler is out? Ron Fowler's not out, I don't think. I think he's a minority owner. So who's next in line? I think it, I don't think it would be Ron. I think it would just be someone in that Seidler, uh, what's it called? Seidler Equity Partners. I think it would be someone there. Maybe, I don't know if it would be Tom. Maybe it would be Tom. Grutner would probably have influence on that because like he, he works high up in the organization. Obviously, and it seems like he's running things here with Seidler out of, out of this. Seidler, it's not like he's not having a voice at all in this. Like he, he still is engaged, at least according to the report today from Kevin Acey. Um, but clearly, he is not as involved. He, he's not in there in the office every day. That's what it seems like to me. So hopefully I answered that okay. Um, continuing to go through the chat here. Ah, I see Chad's in the house. Loves Ben's show. Uh, kid grinds every day. Thank you so much. Thanks for the support. Charlie, Chad, Gil, JD's third, everyone that's in the chat here. I appreciate y'all being here. I mean, it's 1130 at night. I've been talking for an hour and a half. Surprised you're not tired of me talking already. But uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, there's a link. I'm seeing this in the comments. People like wondering where to join. There's a link. If you click it, yeah, you it's pinned in the chat. I do this for every live stream or mostly every live stream. There's a, there's a link pinned at the top of this chat. You can click that and you can join the show like John did earlier. I, I don't think you should do that now because I'm going to end the show here in a few minutes because my laptop's going to die. But yes, for future shows, it's pinned up at the top of the chat. I welcome all Padres fans. I don't want this to feel like I'm talking at you or I'm above you or I feel or I, I know more than you or anything like that. Like, no, um, I love talking with Padres fans. So it's all great conversation debate even if you don't agree with me all right i think that's gonna do it yeah that's gonna do it talking friars episode 478 padres they are able to still stay alive they finally win an extra inning game how about that huh how about that uh Bob Melvin, A.J. Preller, meeting after the season with Eric Gruppner, others. We'll see how that goes. I'm sure there will be something out about that, hopefully on Monday night. We'll see. But thank you all for watching on YouTube, if you have not already. I don't beg people to do this. I don't like doing this because if you like it, you will subscribe. But just a reminder, if you are watching this and haven't, please consider subscribing. Turn on that notification that notification bell click all you will get a notification when i go live so you don't miss a live stream so you can join the conversation you don't miss when a video comes out uh, i also reply to people in the youtube comments i don't just let those comments sit there and not reply uh, I, I might not get back immediately but i try to get back at some point 
Um, and then those listening on the podcast platforms as well. Thank you so much for doing that. So that'll do it. Talking for hours, episode 478. Have a great rest of your night or for most people that are probably watching on replay or listening uh, on the podcast because they're not insane like me and being up at 1130 at night talking about this Padres team that's not going to be a postseason team. Uh, have a great rest of your Thursday. Yeah. See ya.